Hi folks, my name is Linda Emmett and welcome to Happiness is an Inside Job. We are the creators of our own reality, we create our own lives. Our mind is our biggest limit and it's our own beliefs, behaviours and habits constantly caught in those cycles that keep us trapped where we are and stand in the way of our own happiness. So throughout this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into some of those beliefs, habits and patterns, where they show up in your lives and what you can do to change them. welcome back to my podcast this is episode number two and in line with last week's episode what we're going to put a little bit more focus on is stress and emotional eating the reason we're going to stay with that one is because every single one of us has a relationship with food be it a positive or a negative one but the very first relationship that we built in our lives was with food and our caregivers. So, and the thing with food is, other things like alcohol, drugs, other bad habits, we can give these things up. With food, we can't give food up. We have to shift the relationship we have with it if it's a negative one. So it's a little more complicated. So what I want to dive a little more into is how food has shown up in your life, what style of eater you are, and how you can impact you. Because the thing is, with stress, we cannot change what happens around us each and every day in life. Life is unpredictable and it changes all the time. The unexpected happens. But what we absolutely can control is how we react and respond to it. And to give you as an example, if you're going away on your jolly bops and you're super excited, you have your flip flops and your jangly bracelets on and you're out at the airport and suitcases in tow and a call comes over to say your flight has been delayed by six hours. Boom. So in that, how do you react? Do you go absolutely nuts, get enraged? Sky is falling down. This is absolutely disastrous. Um, do you get upset? What way do you react and respond? Because this is, this is where it shows up, guys. You cannot change the fact that that plane is delayed. No matter what way you choose to react to that, you cannot change the fact that that, that plane is going to be six hours late. What you can change is how you react and respond because the person that impacts the most is you. If you react very angrily, it's the people you're around that you're taking that out on, possibly loved ones, possibly that staff member that you go over to the desk and you complain to and give out to, maybe take things out on, um, whoever you meet along your way or your what way are you turning it in in yourself? And this where this is where sometimes our emotional eating shows up. Are you then going upstairs to the Burger King or McDonald's and getting a Whopper or, or, or fries and, and stuffing them down your neck to stuff down the angry emotions, which is actually just kicking in guilty feelings and shame straight after. And then that's that's dragging you into a cycle. So these are some of the things that we need to look at how are you impacting you? How are you reacting and responding to situations that are out of your control? So looking at now, guys, what that drives in your system. 
when, if you made a choice to, to go upstairs to emotionally eat, overeat and make poor food choices that are taking you away from your goals or making your whole system feel stodgy um, because you're stressed, you then actually feel guilty or feel ashamed. And then you trigger that mean inner critic, that judge that dives into your head. I've no willpower. Um, I have no self-control. I've, I've a very poor diet. I'm always doing this to myself. I'm always getting caught into that, into that cycle. And again, chipping away at your confidence and self-belief again, which negatively drives that whole cycle to be re-triggered again. So looking at in your life, what situations are stressing you and what behaviours are coming out at, like the emotion of eating, and then looking at what type of eater you are. So looking at the, the reasons you eat, what the reasons you are, what, what's driving you into that emotional eating space, like comfort foods. Are you eating out of comfort to self-soothe, to relax your system down when you've been stressed or when you're sad? Boredom. While you're sitting there waiting on that imaginary plane for those extra six hours, are you sitting there eating to pass the time? Reward. Um, where, you know, you'll celebrate the opening of the tin just to reward yourself and, and eating every time you need a reward going out for meals. This is something that comes from our childhood as well, guys. So and our emotional relationship is, is built from then when we were, you know, when we were good or we were getting a treat on our birthday or things like that. You may have been brought out to McDonald's. There was a cake on Sunday. There was desserts. If you done well in school or you got your pay and went and bought sweets. So. Our past has certainly built in some beliefs in and around food. And if we're not aware of them, we can go up into our adult life and for decades even continue rewarding ourselves for food and then wondering why we're not getting to where we want to be with our bodies or how we feel in ourselves. So looking at is there places in your life you're, you're rewarding yourself? Is it everything you reward yourself for? Do you find rewards just so as you can eat? Another one that does really show up as well for a reason that we eat is punishment. We can punish ourselves with food when, say, you're on a healthy eating plan and you fall off the wagon. Um, you can um, have a bar of chocolate. You can be so feel so guilty, ashamed of yourself or angry that you punish yourself by eating the other five bars in the packet and then really feel out of control. You can punish yourself for, for not meeting that to-do list. And, and chomp down on, on a tub of ice cream or a pizza, knowing that this takes you against your goals, but you're in punishment mode. Mood food. And if you look at your own life, we eat very differently when we're stressed to when we're calm and happy or when we're sad. We make completely different food choices for the different emotions that we're feeling. When we're stressed, you're choosing foods that will comfort you, that will soothe you. Um, you won't find this in the bottom of an ice cream tub, but if the habit is there to look for it there, you'll continue to do it. We have, we tend to eat much better, better quality of food when we're happier, where our critical thinking is in there and we're making better food choices for ourselves. When we're sad, we tend to choose foods that are attached to good emotions. And I even know for me, I, when I was very young as a child, I used to stay in my grandmother's a lot. And every evening she'd be in the kitchen busy all day, but at night time she'd come into the sitting room. I'd be sitting by the fire, the fire would be blazing, and she'd always pull out 
um, the large Cadbury's bars in the purple wrapper. And at that time, they had the file wrapped around them. And she'd open it up and then just look over at me and break me off six squares of the bar um, and hand it over to me. And I still connect purple Cadbury's bars with, with good feelings. My nanny has long passed and it's nothing to do with what I'm going to find underneath that wrapper. Um, but that I still have emotions attached to the memories of those bars. So if I'm feeling a particular way, sad or things like that, Cadbury's in particular tends to be one of the choices that I make. But that's why I make it. I never get those emotions from from that bar. But again, it's just attached to the memory. So that's one example that and look at where this shows up in your life. Another reason we emotionally is to fill a void. If we have a lack of fulfillment in ourselves, um, happiness, we're, we're not living in purpose. We're not. If life feels like a chore, if we're not doing the things for ourselves we want to be doing, making ourselves a priority, being the leading person in our own lives or filling up a, a gap, not, not having enough connection in our lives, we can try and fill that void with food. So looking at what the reasons that you're eating is huge in building the awareness to create that change because the same reasons that you're eating are creating some of the stresses that are in your life because they're creating feel feelings of failure, feeling out of control. So one cycles into the other. We also stuff down negative emotions. Negative emotions we don't want to feel over time we learn behaviours, we learn and we don't, our brain moves us away from pain and towards reward. So if we're feeling negative, we'll tend to busy ourselves or we'll tend to look for things to, to, to stuff down those negative emotions. And bottom line, we cannot eat our feelings. Those feelings are still there, just we're feeling a little bit more down because we've probably dumped a load of food on top of those negative feelings. So we've both to deal with then. So looking at where emotional eating has shown up in your life, the reasons that you eat is hugely powerful in helping you make those changes. And as I've said, guys, the same thing triggers stress in your system and stress triggers emotional eating, emotional eating triggers stress. It's a cycle. So now, folks, that we've looked at some of the reasons that we eat, now we're going to move on and look at the types of eaters we are. And all of this, again, gives us a bit of an understanding of where emotional eating is showing up in our lives. And awareness is the first step to change. So the very first type of eater is the picaroonie, the grazer. Um, picking up foods throughout the day, nibbling on a little bit while you're cooking or grabbing half a biscuit out of the press because it's not really a biscuit if it's only half a biscuit. Um, that's one type, the faster. Now, this can show up in a very fast-paced life um, and that's gone for really long periods without eating or skipping meals and in particular breakfast. And breakfast actually kickstarts our metabolism in the morning and gets it going, starts supplying our body with that energy. So fasting over time actually slows your metabolism down and it leaves your body depleted of energy. And when you do go to eat, because you're extremely hungry, you'll go for convenience foods as opposed to spending the time to cook that meal or prepare those vegetables or things like that. The next one is the addictive eater. Eats a lot of sugary foods that they're addicted to. You'll see this a fair bit. I'd see it with um, 
people that drink huge amounts of Coke or fizzy drinks, that tends to be addicted to the sugary side. Um, Bars of chocolate, always having a supply of chocolate in the car, in the press, that are your go-to is having snacks in the drawers. Um, that's you're, you're addicted to the sugar hit that you get from the foods. And what happens is when we get that sugar high, not long after it comes the sugar low and your system then starts craving more, more sugar to give it back that energy. Again, catching us in a cycle. Next one up is the binge eater. Um, this can tie in sometimes with the faster and it's eating large quantities of food in one sitting. Woolying all that food down, just just stuffing it all in as quick as you can. More, more, more. And it's actually the binge eater tends to be trying to fill a void and um, tending to, to push down emotions, just stuffing it down where it's, it's long be, gone beyond actual hunger and it's just eating and eating and nothing is ever enough. It's just more, more, more. Um, the angry eater, um, the angry eater eats a lot when they're stressed, um, chomping down on particularly crunchy foods, those foods you can really nod at and crunch down on, crunchy crisps, really that, that crunchy chomp chomp angry stuff. Also, we have the reward eat. Use food as a reward for, for most situations or celebrations. It, it celebrate the opening of a tin just so as we can, we can have some reward treats and everything is celebrated with food. Everything is a meal or we'll get a cake or, you know, it's, it's Sunday dinner. We'll, we'll buy ice cream out of the ice cream van. Everything. It's building food rewards into a lot of different places in our lives. And what happens there is we're also missing out on some real awards, some other things that we could be doing that that isn't food related. You know, going to events, connecting in with people, spending time with loved ones. If we're using food constantly as a reward, we can be missing out on other aspects of our lives. Then we have the destructive eater, um, which also use food to to punish themselves when they're angry at themselves to to purposely this can you can see this show up sometimes when you start off having a nice meal or something to eat or your dinner that day and then you find you're moving into the snacks you're moving it long beyond after you're actually full and you're eating and eating and knowing in some way in some part of you that it's actually going against you know you're full you know you're not eating for the food itself or the nutrition and then you feel guilty you feel ashamed you feel bad or you feel out of control and that's the the punisher the destructive eater uh, the on-the-go eater is another one. Um, and this is not prioritising yourself or food effectively at all in your life. Food is something that you grab because you have to or you're, you're, you're running down to the canteen and work, grabbing a quick snack and, and eating at your office, running to the next meeting, eating in the car, eating, going to collect the kids, all of this. And what that effectively does is you're not actually aware of the amount of food or what types of food you're putting in your body. And if you were asked to look at your diet or what you predominantly eat, you'd probably really have to think about it because you're eating so much on the go. You're not aware of of what you're putting into your body. So how it shows up, guys, is you may be a combination of a couple of these things. You may be all of these things, but figuring out what type of eater you are really, really helps in showing you where it's shown up in your life, where the emotional eating is actually shown up. And bearing in mind, 
Emotional eating is, as I've said, any time you are eating that it's not for hunger. Any time outside that you're you're eating your emotions or trying to eat your eat your emotions, and it does not work. All it does is keep you stuck or take it away from the goals you actually want to reach. And this is the one body we get, guys. This from birth to death, this is the vessel we live in. So learning to, to treat ourselves right and treat our body right hugely impacts the quality of life we're going to have going forward. And all of us want to live our very best life. We want to be able to go out and enjoy the adventures, go to the events, do all the things we want to do. And we need this vessel we're in to support us doing that. So the next thing we're going to take a look at now is body confidence and how we can impact that and how that impacts us. Now, guys, body confidence. If you want to change your body, first, you have to change how you're treating your body, how you're treating yourself, how you're speaking to yourself. We would never, ever, ever speak to another human being the way we speak to ourselves sometimes. We would never say the things to other people, to loved ones, um, different things we say to ourselves when we look in the mirror. And the thing is, if we're putting ourselves down from, say, first thing in the morning, we get up, we, we look in the mirror and we start with the inner critic kicks in and we're starting off with, oh, look at your thighs, look at your arms, look at your stomach, the state of that, calling ourselves fat, pulling everything we don't like. That to hear, picture saying it to another human being, it's very, very sad. It's hurtful. And when you're hearing that, that's bringing your whole system down. It's bringing your energy levels down and putting you in a negative space. Then imagine then you're walking on down the stairs and you're interacting with the people in your home or wherever else. That is not a happy person walking down downstairs. That's a person that's feeling a little more down, a little more sad in themselves, even down to what the clothes you're putting on your body. You're not pulling the beautiful things out of your wardrobe and throwing them on. You're throwing on any old thing that'll do because that's the way you're making yourself feel. That is not a person that's motivated choose to do good things for themselves. That is not a person that is motivated to make good food choices because if you're feeling bad in yourself, you don't care as much. You don't care as much about yourself because you're hating on yourself. You're talking nasty to yourself. So shift and forced how you're treating yourself is how you build body confidence. It's not something that comes along when you achieve that goal. When you get to that goal, that's not going to change that critic. That's what's in your control. It's you starting to change that critic. Now, if you're looking in the mirror and you're saying nicer things to yourself, even pulling two or three things you like about your body, be it your toes, your ears, your nose, your eyes, whatever it is, even choosing three small things and starting to focus on what you do like, choosing three things you like about who you are, and focusing and starting to focus your brain on the things you wanted to focus on, the positives. That means for you, you're more positive dressing yourself, 
going down, the interactions you have, you're more positive going out to your, into your day, you're more motivated. And that in itself changes some of the choices that you make because you're more inclined to make better choices for yourself when you're feeling good. As I said earlier, guys, we choose foods very, very differently depending on our, our emotions. If we're happy and joyful and calm, we'll choose different foods, the foods we choose when we're stressed and we're sad. So changing that from the get-go has a huge impact. And remembering your body is so much more than than how it looks in the mirror. Your body is, is in a lot of ways something you live your life through. It's how you, it's how you feel a hug. It's how you feel a kiss. It's, it protects you. It's, it's your body, your nervous system that when, when you're going to be born, when you touch something hot, it's, it's your body that pulls you away from that. It's your body, you smile through, you laugh through, you, you give birth through if you're a female. Um, all of these things, it, it, it gets you to where you want to go. It takes you on holidays. Your body is something that we need to learn to love. And shifting your body confidence and respecting your body. Your body is making the choices for what you eat. You are. Your body is only taking in and breaking down the, what you're choosing for it to eat. It doesn't have those choices. It's just burning what you've given it. And looking at it for being more than, than just something that doesn't look good in the mirror. Remembering again, it, it holds all your emotions, all your strength, all your, your ambition. And it's something, it's the vessel you live in for the rest of your life. So starting to build a good relationship with it is vital for the changes you want to make and that all important body confidence that you want to feel. So shifting your focus to focusing on some of the small things, some of the small things you like, that's training yourself into building the habit building that body confidence, starting out with something small. To achieve change, you must change. And a huge part of that is changing how you're speaking to yourself and changing how you're treating yourself. Because again, if you're going out into your day filled with negativity, you're making negative choices for yourself because you're not a priority. You don't care enough about yourself. So to achieve those changes, Changing how you're talking to yourself and changing how you're treating yourself starts you being more motivated to make better choices for yourself. And also our brain moves away from pain and towards reward. If it's feeling those good feelings, if you're speaking to yourself, say again in the mirror and saying, oh, I like the way I like my eyes. I like the shape of my lips. I like my hair. Your brain is then focusing in that direction and actively trying to find more things for you to like. That's where you're putting your focus. So that in itself is building in that habit of your brain looking for those good things about you, both about your body and about who you are. And that's the start of building that body confidence, which gets you more motivated to be making them better choices for yourself overall. So as I've said, guys, to achieve change, you must change. And that's changing how you're treating yourself because you absolutely deserve to feel good in the skin you're in. It's the only one we get. It's the only body we get, guys. So building that in from now is vital for your own happiness and well-being going forward. 
And remember, guys, when you're going out into your day, be mindful of the language that you're using because that's what your brain is hearing. Using language like, I'm starving. Your brain is hearing the word starving. Its primary function is your survival. So if it hears you're starving, it will seek out as much food for you as possible because starvation to your brain is it does not know when it's getting the next meal. So it will get you as much food as possible. And again, it changes how our digestive system works, Marie. And if our body thinks it's starving, it leaves the sphinx valve in your stomach open so you can get in more food. When you're saying things like, I am starving, I am famished, I will die if I don't eat right now, I'll keel over if I don't get a bit of grub, I'll faint if I don't eat. These are all threats to your brain. This is what your brain is hearing. It is not sitting up there in its head house going, oh, that's a bit of sarcasm. That is what it thinks. That is what it believes. So it will focus on getting you as much food as possible to avoid those famine feelings, that famished. Because bearing in mind, the word famished itself comes from famine times. So being mindful of what we're saying to ourselves throughout the day and changing that up, changing it to, to the facts. I'm a bit peckish. I'm a bit hungry. No, I'll die if I don't eat right now or I could eat your arm. These are the things that our brain is hearing. So putting focus on that throughout, throughout the day and changing the language that your brain is hearing will also help in, in how we're eating when we do get to eat. And remembering above all, guys, that we all, we are emotional beings. We all have an emotional relationship with food. It's not about not having an emotional relationship with food. The key is just breaking the negative relationship that's keeping you stuck and developing a more positive, healthy relationship. And that starts with you and changing some of those habits that we've talked about. Looking at the reasons you eat, what type of eater you are, building that all important body confidence and above all else, changing how you're speaking to yourself, changing how you're treating yourself, because that is absolutely powerful in making those changes. So building the awareness force and then looking at moving that relationship with food out of the negative space and into a more positive place that takes you where you want to go. Because as I've said, this is the vessel that we live in. This is the one body we have and how you're treating your body hugely impacts your own emotional state. So shifting that up, that alone will bring more happiness and joy and those feel goods that we're chasing into your life. Thanks for tuning in, folks, to this week's episode of Happiness is an Inside Job. I hope you really enjoyed this episode and We will see you next week, same time, same place for the next episode.